that really in the Bible? You live in a world where everyone has an opinion about the Bible. Of what values are your beliefs if they are not clearly found in the pages of your Bible? The question we must ask is, are your opinions and beliefs really found in the Bible? Well, hello, I'm David Freeman with, is that really in the Bible on the Statue of Liberty? It says, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. I want to talk about immigration. That seems like a, what the Bible says about immigration. Uh, immigrants, that is, uh, coming to America. It has a lot to say about this subject. And uh, we need to be educated about what the Bible says about this subject. In Deuteronomy 10, verse 18, it says, He does execute the judgment of the fatherless and the widow and loves the stranger in giving him food and raiment. Love ye therefore the stranger, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. Now, you know, America is once referred to as a melting pot. That means that people would assimilate into our culture. They would come over here from different parts of the world, and they would assimilate into the American culture. For example, the Italians would come over here, and they brought us pizza and spaghetti, and they assimilated, and they became part of America's culture, and they made a, great, a huge contribution to America. That's what I mean by to assimilate into America's culture. Now today, it seems that we have a problem. Many people are coming to America who do not want to assimilate. They want to change America. They want to change its laws. For example, Sharia law, uh, let's put this definition up here. Sharia law is the religious legal system governing the members of the Islamic faith. It is derived from the religious precepts of Islam, a body of moral and religious law derived from religious prophecy as opposed to human legislation. So, um, just to give you an example, this, I'm going to give you a little excerpt here from on the subject of homosexuality taken from the Saudi Ministry of Education textbook for Islamic study. It says, homosexuality is one of the most disgusting sins and greatest crime. It is a vile perversion that goes against sound nature and is one of the most corrupting and hideous sins. The punishment for homosexuality is death. Both the active and passive participants are to be killed whether or not they have previously had sexual intercourse in the context of a legal marriage. So, you know, when I look at that, I think, okay, do Americans want Sharia law? Now, it is true that the wages of sin is death. Uh, and if you know anything about the Bible, you know, it, it was, yeah, homosexuality was wrong and it, it required the death penalty. But also, did you know that um, adultery also required the death penalty? People committing adultery. How many people would you have to kill in America if we were still living under a theocracy and you, those kinds of laws were executed? Well, adultery seems to be the hallmark sin of America. But yeah, the wages of sin is death, but in America's culture, we have a savior called Jesus Christ, who not only forgives us of our sins, but offers us freedom from those sins. I don't have to stay 
an adulterer or adulteress. I don't have to stay in the bondage of sin, homosexuality, whatever it may be. It, God, Jesus, offers us freedom from sin. Not only does he offer us forgiveness, he offers us freedom. Of course, most churches just stop at forgiveness. And that's about as far as they go. They don't touch on the meaning of freedom. One of the reasons because they don't keep the holy days. They don't keep the days of unleavened bread. Passover talks about forgiveness. But then immediately you go into unleavened bread, the days of unleavened bread, which is about putting Christ in, putting sin out. It's about freedom. freedom. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. No, we're not going to go there. We're going to be liberated from sin. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, <clears throat> immigrants need to assimilate, not only into our culture, but into our God, the God of America, the God of the Bible. Now, in other words, if you want to come here and bring a different God, different laws, you're not welcome. Go back to the other side of the fence. Public schools have been a failure. Our government has failed to teach immigrants how to assimilate, why they even need to assimilate. Absolutely failed. You know, American exceptionalism is not taught in school. It's not taught in our colleges. It's not taught, period. American exceptionalism. The reason our soldiers died is because of freedom. My father fought in World War II. He first enlisted under General Patton. Uh, during that war, he was crossing the Rhine River and the Germans were up there on the hillside watching them get into their little boats and cross the Rhine River. Once they got into the middle of the river, they just opened up fire. And most of those men died. My father was one of the few that escaped. You know, <clears throat> when my father got home from Germany, his father, my grandfather, took him out to a little area in the woods and said, Son, I want you said right there. And it was an area in the woods where the leaves were all matted down packed down real good and tight. He said, son, I've been praying for you every single day since you left to go off to war. Man, what a story. What a powerful story. Praying for you every day. And of course, what father, what parents would not and do not, you know, pray constantly for their children who are fighting and who are serving our country. God bless them. You know, we sent half our, when I talk about American exceptionalism, we, took, we sent half of our nation to fight against itself in the Civil War to free African Americans. What kind of a nation does this? Well, only an exceptional nation. Only a nation that is full of gratitude for freedom and for the things of God. Oh, I almost forget to, I forgot to mention this. Let me put this up here. Under Sharia law, there is no freedom of religion. There is no freedom of speech. There is no freedom of thought. There is no freedom of the press. There is no uh, equality of people. There is no equal rights for women. Under Sharia law, do you realize if you're a woman, you would not wear a bikini on the beach? I mean, there's a reason why you see, you know, the, those women with the, all you see is the whites of their eyes. They are fully clothed from head to toe. You wonder how, I mean, how do these men ever get turned on? I mean, maybe the flash of an ankle bone or something. But, I don't know. But, you know, under Sharia law, you would, you would, you'd, you'd probably be stoned to death wearing a bikini on the beach. I mean, you just wouldn't do that. So, 
What does the Bible say about immigration? Let's take a look at it. Leviticus 19, verse 33. And if the stranger sojourns with thee in your land, you shall not vex him. But the stranger that dwells with you shall be unto you as one born among you, and you shall love him as yourself. For you were strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Now it says you, you, we are to love him, don't make fun of him, don't call him names, don't shun him, welcome him. But you know, love and respect is a two-way street, though. If you have immigrants who don't love and respect America, you're going to have problems. Let me digress a little bit right here. Why do immigrants come to America? I have no desire to go to Mexico. Uh, I have no desire to visit outside the United States of America, for that sake. Well, now, on the other hand, if people are just coming here for the benefits, and I have to admit the stupidity of our government, when they give something, when you give something for doing nothing, you give free everything. You know, when you give someone something for doing nothing, you've broken one of the most biblical principles in the world, in the Bible, I should say. And that is the work ethic. But our government has stupidly given people handouts, benefits that are probably not deserved and many Americans don't even get. My point is, why do people come here? They come here for opportunity, something that is lacking where they live. You know, and to come here with a bad, disrespectful attitude, uh, to come here wanting to change America, to take away our freedom, uh, the unwillingness to assimilate, well, I say, don't let the doorknob hit you where, the, where our good Lord split you. Other side of the fence, whatever. All right. Now, God has blessed America. You know, in God we trust, we write on our currency, you know, uh, one nation under God. And in a way, in a way that's an acknowledgement that God has blessed us. There is an awareness that God has blessed us as a nation. Now, when I think about the incredible blessings of America, what has the, these other countries that we could talk about where immigrants come from, what has their God done for them? Uh, many of them living in poverty, hunger, undernourished, War zones, Hinduism, Buddhism, India, you know, they worship cows over there. What has their God ever done for them? Notice Jeremiah 2 and verse 10. For pass over the isles of Chittim and, and see and send unto Kedar and consider diligently and see if there be such a thing. Has a nation changed their God which are no gods? But my people have changed their glory for that which does not profit. My point is this. These nations who have gods who are no gods, don't, they don't ever change their god. They've had the same god for the past 6,000. They never abandoned their god, even though their god has not given them any prosperity uh, or anything good. Like I said, some of them worship cows. Their god has done nothing for them. Well, let's notice this. Jeremiah 2 and verse 12. Be astonished, O ye heavens, at this, and be horribly afraid, be very desolate, says the Lord, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewn them out cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. You know, our nation is on the very er, ver, verge of forsaking God. Oh, but we got our religion. Listen, just because you've gotten accustomed to going to church doesn't mean you have a relationship with God. You know, the Bible tells you how to identify the true church. Let's take a look at it. Isaiah 8 and verse 20. 
To the law and testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. A lot of you are just on the merry-go-round of churchianity, and you keep calling it a relationship with God. Well, let's continue on about what the Bible says about immigration. Exodus 12 and verse 48. And when a stranger shall sojourn with you, and will keep the Passover to the Lord, let all his males be circumcised. Now, that's another story. Uh, anyway, and then let him come near and keep it. And he shall be as one that is born in the land, for no uncircumcised person shall eat thereof. One law shall be to him that is homeborn, and unto the stranger that sojourns among you. What is, this, what is this talking about? This is talking about assimilation. Immigrants assimilating into our culture is what it's talking about. Leviticus 24, verse 22. You shall have one manner of law as well for the stranger and for one of your own country. For I am the Lord your God. Is this hard to understand? One law for all. Okay? It's not an issue of me assimilating into their culture. It's an issue of the immigrants assimilating into our culture who come here. That's the issue. Now, why? why? Why should they assimilate? Because we have all the cookies. We've got all the blessings. Is that, that's the reason. We're not going to assimilate into their culture. They don't have any cookies. Why would you want to assimilate into their, their culture? They don't have any cookies. They don't have any blessings. Okay, this, this is not even hard to understand, is it? Numbers, Numbers 15 and verse 14. And if a stranger sojourns with you, or whosoever be among you in your generations, and will offer an offering made by fire of a sweet savor unto the Lord, as you do, so he shall do also. In other words, it's the same God. It's not some pagan God that you bring over here. You don't bring a God over here that says, accept Allah or die. No, you don't do that. Numbers 15 verse 15. One ordinance shall be both for you of the congregation and also for the stranger that sojourns with you. An ordinance forever in your generations. As you are, so shall the stranger be before the Lord. One law and one manner shall be for you, and for the stranger that sojourneth with you. Notice Deuteronomy 7 and verse 1. When the Lord thy God shall bring thee in the land where you go to possess it, and has cast out many nations before thee, the Hittites, the Gergesites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than thou. Now these names often come up again and again, and it seems that God is always, in he couldn't tolerate these, these groups of people, and he would cast them out. He would tell Israel, get rid of these parasites in your nation. These names that I just, you know, the Gergesites, the Canaanites, and the, you know, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And you sort of wonder, why was God so upset at these people? What, what, what were they so, what, what, what were they like? Well, let me give you sort of an illustration here of, of some of the corruption that went on. You know, if you've ever read the story about Pompeo, uh, it was a volcano eruption that destroyed the whole town. It was a town, in, a Roman town. Uh, 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 over in Italy, I believe. And uh, it just totally covered up and killed everybody in that town. There were some earthquakes and that, that 
occurred before the eruption occurred. They said that some of the rats actually took out of the town running before it actually exploded. Of course, the big rats didn't make it, though. But, um, and even some of the animals got all, you know, scared and took off running. But when that thing erupted, it just sort of buried that whole city under ash. Later, the archaeologists uncovered, they found out it was a very promiscuous, perverted, twisted, you know, prurient sexual interest. They found a figurine of a man having sex with an animal, a goat or something like that. And uh, so it was, they, what they figured out was that it was totally perverted. The people were totally perverted in their mind, especially in the area of sexual activity. And that's one of the reasons why God says, now, don't allow these people to come in here. And if they do, I want you to, I want you to get rid of these people because they will, they will take you down if you allow them to exist with you. Now, we have people coming to America who say, I don't see anything wrong with having sex with a 12-year-old girl. In other words, in their laws, this is, per, this is permissible for a man, an, old, an older man, to have sex with a little girl. It's allowed. And yet, they come to our culture thinking the same thing. You know, you don't tolerate these kind, this kind of evil or sin. Uh, now, now, what does the Bible say about immigrants not willing to assimilate? People who bring their abominations to America. People who come to America and say, we will terrorize you. We will destroy you. They bring their perversion. They bring their uh, pedophile, pedophilia, whatever, over into this country. What does the Bible say about this, this kind of behavior? When Exodus 23 and verse 31 says this, this sounds familiar. I will set thy bounds from the Red Sea into the Sea of the Philistines and from the desert into the river. I will deliver the inhabitants of the land into your hands, and thou shalt drive them out before thee. Now here we're talking about setting bounds. We're talking about an enclosed border. Oh man, we're talking about a wall here. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Exodus 23 and verse 32. You shall make no covenant with them, nor with their gods. They shall not dwell in the land, lest they make you sin against me. For if you serve their gods, it will surely be a snare unto thee. And you know, that little word, snare, is the word of the day. You know, there is, when it comes to immigration, there's just some common sense rules that we should go by. You know, if people want to come here and assimilate and can be a contribution to America, not wanting to change our laws, not wanting to take our, away our freedom, not wanting to destroy us, not wanting to incorporate Sharia law, not wanting to destroy America. You know, yeah, if people come here with a good heart, wanting to experience the blessings of America, wanting to make a name for themselves, willing to work hard, willing to get out there and give it all they got. There's nothing wrong with that. We should welcome the good-hearted stranger who can make a contribution to America. But if that's not their motive, and if their motive is to destroy, you know, or accept Allah or die, a different religion, a different God, if they're bringing their perversions over here, such as pedophiles, child molestation, 
you know, if they've got a different God that they're serving, you know, they're really not welcome over here. And to me, because they will bring you down. They will tear you down. They will, make, they will tear America apart if we allow every Tom, Dick, and Harry who, who has no morality whatsoever, no morals or, or a different God, a different God, they will, dry, they will lead you away from the true God. You will abandon the true God if you allow that kind of nonsense. You know, it's really, it's, it's like it's a no-brainer. It's not even difficult to figure out. And thank God, I mean, I think we've got, with Trump, a man with some common sense about immigration. And uh, it's something we hadn't had in a long time. And that's really all it takes is just some de decent common sense. And the instructions of the Bible, the instructions of the Bible, what the Word of God says about the stranger, that the stranger becomes a part of you, the stranger worships your God, they assimilate into your culture, you don't assimilate into their culture, they have nothing to offer. Again, there's a reason immigrants come to America. It's because of the, it's because of the opportunity that they find in America, and there's nothing wrong with that. But they need to be, to contribute, to contribute to the greatness of America and to understand its history and to understand why men fought and died for our freedom. To understand God. Best place to start there is read your Bible. And I wasn't about to say go to church, but yeah, start reading your Bible. And start asking God, how do you want me to think? What do you want me to do today? How do you want me to live my life today? Yeah, that's a good place to start. You and your Bible and your prayer life and to seek after God and His will, and to look at God's law and ask, what does God want me to do? How should I think? How should I live? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I want to, before I close out, I want to invite you to a meeting that we're going to have in Danville at the, at the Stratford Conference Center, right in the middle of Danville. It's, it's April 29th at 1.30 in the evening. It's basically going to be, well, a special service, sort of like a church service. If, you, if you've ever been to church, you basically, it's going to be the same thing. You're going to, we're going to have some music and maybe a prayer request, and, and I'm going to give a message. And I want to invite you to this special meeting. I would love to meet you. A lot of you have written in, and then, and then there's a lot of you who watch the program that uh, I've never heard from before. And it's, a, it's, it's just a church meeting. It's going to last maybe a couple hours at the most. There's going to be a lot of free literature there. You don't have to check your brains at the door. You can come there with your own convictions. You know, if you're a Baptist, you're a Catholic. I don't care what you are. You know, you can come there a Baptist and Catholic, and you can leave a Baptist or a Catholic. Whatever. You know, it, 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 you hold on to your own personal convictions or whatever you have. But at the same time, be willing to learn. We should all have a willingness to learn what is God's truth, because it is true that we have been lied to about the Bible. And what I'm going to be talking about is, I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk about three things. I'm going to talk about the good things about Christianity, and then I'm going to touch on the bad things, because there are some bad things about Christianity that keeps you confused and distance from a real, a real relationship with God. And then I'm going to talk about, the third thing I'm going to talk about is the missing element that seems to be missing from Christianity, 
what you true, the missing element you need to have to have a true relationship with God. And it's not that simple, and it's not, excuse me, it's not that complicated. <laughs> it's not that complicated, and it's not that hard to do. What, what does the Lord require from you? Believe it or not, it's not that difficult to grasp what God requires from you. And I'm gonna talk about that missing element that God wants you to have. So again, that's April 29th at 1.30 at the Stratford Conference Center in Danville. Keep listening to the program now and I'll, uh, Gary will give a voiceover about uh, the location, the address, and some more general information. I would love to see you there. I'd love to meet you. And uh, I want to welcome you to come to this event uh, again, April 29th at 1.30. I'm David Freeman, and uh, reminding you to always stay true to what is really in your Bible. Don't believe me, prove all things, hold fast to that which is good. Don't believe me, believe your Bible. Prove all things, hold fast to that which is good. Trust God to lead you, to guide you into all truth. And hey, if I can be some help, that's great. Thank God for that. Anyway, I'm David Freeman with Is That Really in the Bible? Many years ago, God inspired Moses to ask a million dollar question. What does the Lord require from you? To the person who is truly seeking God's will, this is the question. We don't need more religion. We just need to ask the right question. Exactly what does God want me to do? Come join us to find out April 29th at 1.30 p.m. at the Stratford Conference Center in Danville, Virginia. David Freeman with Is That Really in the Bible? would like to invite you to a special informative Sabbath service meeting April 29th at 1.30 p.m. The meeting will be held at the Stratford Conference Center in Danville, Virginia. The address is 149 Piney Forest Road, Danville, Virginia, 24540. That's April 29th at 1.30 p.m. at the Stratford Conference Center in Danville, Virginia.